Truly, I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a little child shall not enter it. Mark 10, verse 15. Welcome to Canaan Bound Podcast, a podcast designed to offer Christian rest during life's journey. Canaan Bound Podcast features devotional segments by pastors serving in the Wisconsin Evangelical Lutheran Synod, along with church history, mission news, and music by various Christian artists who support our teaching. I'm Philip Wells, and I will be your host for this episode. This is episode 72. We begin today by taking a moment with the Master, with Pastor Aaron Nitz. Welcome to a moment with the Master. A portion of God's Word that we're looking at is from 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, and it reads, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. My wife and I sometimes find ourselves using a convenient trick when one of our children gets in trouble or does something they weren't supposed to do. It typically goes something like this. Do you know what your child did today? But wait a minute. Isn't it our child? When a child does something wrong or embarrassing, it can be easy to disassociate ourselves with the child. Why? Because I don't want to admit that my child could possibly do whatever it is he or she did. If that's how parents act with their children, what about how God deals with us? God is perfect, holy, just, and righteous. We, on the other hand, are full of shameful thoughts and shameful words and shameful actions. Shouldn't God rightly tell each of us, I don't know you? Well, certainly But that's not what God does. Rather, God chose to take the shame of your sins and mine and place them on his own Son, who became shame and sin for us. God chose to wash you clean from your sins in his own blood. Why? So that you might be his chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people that belongs to him and he is glad to possess. That's a God we want to serve and obey. And that's a God we want to declare praises about with our lives. I'm glad to be God's possession, and so are you. May the Lord continue to bless your day in Him. Next, we hear A Childlike Faith by artist Stephen Bautista. to my side and then gazes up with those trusting eyes 
and stretches his little arm to me and walks and in and with his father unafraid of the unknowns he may face he takes every step without question Now it's time for Freedom in Christ with Pastor Mark Falk. Galatians 5, 19-21 Living in Sin The acts of the sinful nature are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discourse, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. NIV 1984 
We begin with two old phrases to begin the day. Number one, there is nothing new under the sun. And number two, living in sin. The first is as old as Solomon. The second is the phrase that used to be use, in use among Christians, used for living together outside of marriage as if you were married. But that last one should clearly not be limited to the sin of sexual immorality. There is a whole list of sins in which one might live. We may well be dismayed at the beginning of the 21st century that sinners have no shame, that they openly brag about that which used to make sinners blush and hide. But none of these sins are new. Paul wrote about them for a reason. After declaring perfect freedom in Christ, he didn't want any of the Galatians to think that sin, unrepented sin, was not a serious danger to their faith and their eternal place in the kingdom of God. This is the danger of sin that is not dealt with. It destroys faith, drives out the Holy Spirit, and finally ends in hell. Study the list above, the Holy Spirit's list, and be honest with yourself. Do you or someone you love fall under the sway of any of these sins? I am not speaking of the alcoholic who repents in tears on Sunday morning and falls off the wagon by mid-afternoon. But are you nurturing and and nursing any sin on this list? Has it become your private or even public pet? Notice the warning, no kingdom of God for you. But remember also this, in his letter to the Corinthians, where immorality was rampant, Paul says of some really bad, quote-unquote, sinners in the congregation, such were some of you. But he then goes on to remind them that they were washed in the waters of baptism. They may be tempted by the old addictions, but they are not willfully living in them. God grant to each of us true repentance, which means that we both turn from sin and horror horror and the fear of God and turn to Christ to receive forgiveness once again. All of us must say about some sin, such were we. Next, let's join Pastor Tim Smith with God's Word for You. God's Word for You, Job 22, verses 12 to 20. Eliphaz continues to speak. Is not God in the heights of heaven? See how lofty are the highest stars. We can think of God as being in the heights of heaven, but he is also the greatest height itself. The Bible tells us that God is everywhere. He is infinite in 1 Kings 8, and all-seeing in Proverbs 15. The boundaries and the dimensions of the universe are just another part of his creation. He isn't bound by it, and so it's everywhere. He is everywhere all the time, not partly, but completely. We can't be lost by God any more than anyone could ever hide from him. He isn't confined to churches any more than he is confined to the sanctuary of his heaven. 13 and 14. Yet you say, what does God know? Does he judge through such darkness? Thick clouds veil him so he does not see us as he goes about in the vaulted heavens. Eliphaz is accusing Job of saying that God couldn't see him, although we know, all we know is that Job wondered whether God sees as a mortal sees. The thick clouds in verse 14 are the Arafel, the dark cloud of 1 Kings 8, the thick darkness of Exodus 20 and, and the blackness of Joel 2. In general, the accusation is that Job thinks God can't see through the storm clouds that are gathering, as if heaven's curtains are drawn. 
but there are the storm clouds again. The thick clouds there of verse 13 and 14 are probably an indication that the storm front is on the horizon and moving now toward Job and his companions. The references to Noah's flood and coming up in verse 16 could also tell us that men can already see that the storm is producing heavy rains in the distance. Verse 15 and following. Will you keep to the old path that the wicked have trod? They were carried off before their time, their foundations washed away by a flood. They said to God, leave us alone. What can the Almighty do to us? Yet it was he who filled their houses with good things. So I stand aloof from the plans of the wicked. The righteous see their ruin and rejoice. The innocent mock them, saying, surely our foes are destroyed and fire devours their wealth. Although Eliphaz doesn't use the same word for flood, Nahar, that Moses used, which was Mabul, he does seem to be talking about the same event, the great flood. We should remember that Moses lived hundreds of years after the time of Job and that the poet who composed the book of Job often tries to capture the figures of speech used by the men in their own time. Eliphaz would seem to be comparing Job's wickedness with the ungodliness of the millions who died in the flood. Eliphaz has forgotten that Job is a believer and that all of us, believers and unbelievers alike, are powerless before God. The difference is that a believer trusts in the Savior because, as Paul said in Romans 5, just at the right time, when we were powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. He has us in view and watches over us every hour of every day and night. No clouds, however thick, can keep us from God's sight. In Christ, I'm Pastor Tim Smith. This is God's word for you. We end our time together with Lift Up Your Heads by Chris Dresbach. Let those in Judea 
Run to the hills, pray that those in the city escape. When you see the signs in the sun and moon and stars, do not. of the earth bring me my sons and bring my daughters I created you and I called you by my name yes for my glory were you formed and for my glory were you made never again will they hunger and never to thirst for the land will now be their guide he will of living water and brush every tear from their eyes I am he from ancient days I reveal, proclaim and save none can deliver you from my hand now have come the power and the kingdom of our God the authority salvation of his Christ stand firm you will gain life when you see these things lift up your heads your great enemy is dead the king of kings is crowned with many crowns oh stand on your feet the revelation is complete the accuser has been hurled down amen praise and glory and wisdom and thanks and honor and power and strength be to our God forever and ever amen come Lord Jesus Amen 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 Come Lord Jesus Amen You have been listening to episode 72 of Canaan Bound Podcast. This podcast was first shared in June of 2014. 
Visit CanaanBoundPodcast.com to learn how you can support the ministry of The Wells and find links to the artists featured on this show. Once again, my name was Philip Wells. It was a privilege to be your host for this episode. We encourage you to visit wells.net to find a Wells ministry location near you. Thank you for listening.